0: and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Nata Nishanan, the director of a new film called Young Plato about educators using philosophy to help at-risk youth. I'm Ariel. I'm from Ride the Omnibus podcast. Just so you know, I'm a teacher in my background i was a latin oh, right, teacher okay. for 15 years so for me watching this film was a real treat and i okay, want to thank Grace. you so much for bringing these activities of philosophy to life Grace. i need to know where did this idea come from where did it all start for you
1: well, it started, it was my co-director, Declan McGrath, who's a Belfast filmmaker. He brought the idea to me. He had heard about Kevin and what he was doing in the school. And he knew that I was an observational filmmaker. He knew my work. Like, we'd work, he'd edited for me in, in the past. And um, he knew about school life. So he, he kind of, he thought, look, would you be interested in getting involved? And, of course, like, I was hooked as soon as I heard this is about, you know, this this crazy guy teaching philosophy in Ardoin, I thought, wow, this is really fascinating.
0: Yeah. And you go so many fascinating places within the film as well, talking about the conflict between Protestants and Catholics, bombs in schools, drugs. What exactly for you was the most important aspect to get right as you were looking at this story?
1: Well, the context was really important, and and the historical context was really important. But I was making a contemporary observational film, so how did we, how did we bring the audience up to speed on, like, you know, the the past that the kids had, um, ex- you know, had come from, or like because a lot of families would have been suffering from post traumatic stress anyway, so that would have. That would have affected things that were happening in the community, affected the kids' lives. So the context was really important for me and how to include the context how, so that people would understand the backdrop that this was playing out on. And then it was just to somehow to show how teaching philosophy, teaching critical thinking could change or empower the children. And if this worked in this environment, in this very, very challenging environment, I felt this, you know, people might take it seriously and because then it could work anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you had to pick an area where you were going to teach philosophy to kids, like this is a pretty challenging area. For them to take it on board and to take it seriously, but they did all take it seriously, and the community embraced it, and the parents embraced it, and it was all. The effects of it were already there. Like the school was performing really well academically. Um, A lot of these kids, they, um, despite the socioeconomic group they come from. 60 to 70 percent of them managed to go on to grammar schools which you know would be the more difficult schools to get into academically but like in the film I don't focus on the academia of it I actually focus on the, the kids the more at risk kids the kids that may not have had that intellectual ability or to have that academia you know that to have those capabilities but to show that even You know, kids that weren't necessarily academically gifted, given the right circumstances that still that they could benefit from learning philosophy and learning critical thinking and learning how to manage their emotions and how to make better choices in life.
0: And there are so many beautiful sequences where adults are using questioning techniques with these kids to help them reason through behavior problems and discipline issues. As a former teacher, I kept wondering how on earth did you get the kids to be that open with the cameras around? I was very curious about that.
1: Yeah, like for the last few films, I have worked observationally and I, what that requires is a lot of time. And we were prepared to put in that time. And we wanted, we hung around the school. We got to know the kids. We had a little office in the school. So even if we didn't film, we were still in the school waiting around so that the kids accepted us as part of the furniture. So we weren't, we did, after a period of time, you no longer are, are a distraction. You're no longer the focus of attention. They're just getting on with their daily lives. And they, you know, kids are very accepting. Whatever the reality is, they just get on with it. So we invested time. That just takes time.
0: And through the investment of time, did you find yourself getting close to individuals in the school or to the kids? And did that present problems for you as a filmmaker?
1: Getting close? No, Uh, getting close is always the objective. And, you know, we weren't able to get like super, super close because COVID happened. And, you know, like there was a lockdown and we couldn't we didn't have much access to the kids after school because at that time you weren't allowed to visit people in any, in their own houses or, you know, any of that. And I had originally imagined that I would have been spending more time with them outside the school environment, but uh, no, did it get close? I mean, the hardest thing is about making these films is that you get close to a lot of people and you film with a lot of people, but not all of them make it into the final film. Mm -hmm. And that's, really hard to ex- even though you'll say that to people look we'll film a lot there'll be a lot of you know there'll be a lot of rubbish there'll be a lot of stuff that isn't going to actually make it into the final film people have different expectations about like what it is you should be filming you know there's a lot of filming of uh, school presentations and all that but that's not as a filmmaker that's not what you're looking for you're looking for those like very very intimate moments where something is actually happening between two people and they're so focused on that that you know that the you know you can capture a real moment there so that's I think that's the hardest thing is having to let people know that they're not in the final cut and especially with kids you know you have to try and manage their expectations
0: yeah and managing expectations becomes very difficult especially when everybody feels like oh I'm gonna make it in Hollywood
1: you know? Well, yeah, we, we now we always say like, but this is documentary, and you know. No, I know, but, I know. But and they're not performing. Like it's not like, yeah. they, you know, they're they're just getting. You're and not at. We're not asking anybody to do anything that they're not already doing. So you yeah. know, there's no, there's no, there's no kind of You know, there's no pretense of acting or anything like that. So like, there's no, there's nothing. It's not in that kind of vein. But, you know, I don't think, like, because we were such a small crew, it was just Declan and I, like, probably people didn't take us that seriously either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and you kind of play to that as well, you know, that it's just, it isn't what they think is a film crew.
0: Yeah. So that probably worked very much to your benefit.
1: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like a small camera, you know, sound and yeah. And, and because they really know us and we chat and we'd let the kids play with some of the, you know, the show them how the camera worked and stuff like that as well. So I think that's, yeah, managing expectation is the big thing. So we, we never played it up. We always played it down.
0: Well, that's good, because I would imagine that would be very difficult to handle with as many interesting characters as you have in this story. Yeah. And then I also wondered, in terms of bringing in so many other kinds of threads, was there a specific point at which you said, Okay, there's been a bomb found on the grounds. We need to take this in a different direction. We need to push some other different directions here. How much of that did you know going in would be an issue?
1: Well, I mean, I knew things had happened in the past. I knew terrible things had happened in the past around the school and we didn't we didn't know if things would happen while we were filming like we just didn't. We missed a couple of things, some other things like we 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 missed you know things unfolding um and you just have to let it go you missed it we, you know even though we were there and you know but it just, ha- just happened in a different part of a playground or whatever there was a guy who tried to commit suicide and he was running like he you know they, they he was outside the school grounds the kids were looking at him bleeding he cut his wrists you know i mean there was all this and because suicide became a big thread in the film mm. But you just you just end up having to work with what you have and uh, and and construct narratives around that, and then you you select your characters based on like do they feed into that? And the whole time, our our like what was our kind of like our center point was philosophy. How does yeah. this feed into philosophy? And we kept doing that. So we we like we felt. I mean, you know, we did we did go off on tangents, but. In the edit, it was just you know if this this isn't feeding into philosophy, no matter how you know strong it is, it's not really part of this story. So that was kind of our our beacon.
0: And it's beautiful though that your film illustrates how perfectly you can process all of these different modern issues through the lens of philosophy, through the lens of critical questioning. And I was really blown away by the power of the teachers and the way that they interact both with the students and with the parents. Yeah. Most schools don't go to the trouble of actually teaching parents what critical questioning techniques are. And parents are usually completely oblivious to what's going on in schools. Yeah, So it really blew me away that you had those segments in there.
1: I was blown away by how you know, that fluidity between the community and the school. Mm. And, and that came from the top, that came from Kevin, right down to you, all the classroom assistants are from the community, you know, and, 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 and that works to the advantage of the school because they know all the families and they know what's happening outside the school. So they will have an idea if there's something happening in a family with, a, with and so they'll know to look out for that child or children. And, and they'll know to you know to give them a break or or support them or step in if, if they need to, but also you're dealing with you know maybe parents who don't have the wherewithal to to manage in this you know in this in the in modern life, so they may not know how to access resources necessarily that that they're entitled to for their children, and the the, the school know that and they you know with great respect help parents, invite them in, fill in forms for them, set up email addresses for them, you know, really, really support them to support the kids to access all the necessary resources. I mean, Jan Marie is just like, she's the queen of, of, I mean, you know, she's the heart of the school and she is just constantly, you know, accessing resources for parents or for kids. But there's a, like that, I think that's that's Northern Ireland for you. That's this Ardoin community They've had to rely on each other. They've had to do it for themselves. And the school is an extension of that. And there's great, there's great, strong community pride there, you know, and people do look out for each other and help each other. And that was really, that was really quite special to experience that.
0: It seems like it must be such a powerful community on the whole for the benefit of having this school there. And being in America, where in a lot of ways we're vilifying teachers and the school systems and so forth, it's really, really wonderful to watch a documentary that uplifts education in such a wonderful way. And I just also wondered for you, what was your educational background like?
1: Well, my educational background was like, I I was looking, I went to small schools, small private schools. Um, One was just on my doorstep. Uh, It was run by American nuns, well, an American order of nuns. So it was, it was quite, it was quite, it was mostly boys, but a a few girls. (laughs) Um, uh, And it was quite, you know, it was quite a free special it was out in the country they had lots of big grounds you know all that kind of thing we, we played in the woods it was it was uh, a lot of that it was very it was quite similar to uh, a film I made earlier school life a lot of freedom um, and then I went the exact opposite I was saying I went to boarding school to a convent and uh, it was all girls and that was a bit of a shock <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was uh, in a in a city center but we were never allowed out into the city um but again it was a protected education really like we really you know we were we were in a bubble and we didn't really know what was going on outside in the the rest of the world in in a sense you know Mm. uh we were a lot of country girls who'd all come for this kind of yeah
0: and were you taught to question when you were in school
1: no 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 I had none of that No, no 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 it was all rote learning yeah no no really I it was only when I had kids that I realized the importance of um you know kids myself that I realized the importance of uh, education and how that was really going to mark and shape them and and you know we we were living in a, a very rural part of Ireland and um it was quite a homogenous community, and um, with a very co- sort of Catholic ethos. And uh, my partner and I realised quite quickly, like that we needed our kids. We wanted them to have a much more diverse experience to experience kids from all kinds of different backgrounds, different cultures, and you know that it was and thought we weren't we weren't religious, and so we set about trying to find a school for them and that's how we ended up making school life was we found this this school that was non-denominational which is quite uh, which is quite unusual in ireland usually it's 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 religious one and um and it was a, a school that where kids came from from all over and uh and they were all different you know <laughs> everyone was different everyone had their own issues and uh, and that was really liberating for our children. And they just never looked back like that, just that was like, like switching on a light bulb for them. Um, So we moved, we moved from our very small rural homogenous area and um, to be next to this school where they could um, experience more multicultural and diversity.
0: Yeah. Well, and also diversity of thought in the philosophy and in the teaching
1: exactly because the te- the teacher there he was he was um he he started teaching philosophy to to the kids there he talked a lot about um philosophy and critical thinking and um but the problem with that school was it was a private school and so when this this place in um belfast came up it's a stage one school mm. um You know, like I didn't want that what happened with school life is like you could dismiss it because, okay, so if you have if you if you're lucky enough to be able to afford to pay for the fees, then that's it. So it was, you know, the fly in the ointment was that this was a private education, whereas the in our in Holy Cross Boys, this is a state run school. It wasn't part of it's not part of the curriculum, but the headmaster made it part of his curriculum and introduced it to the school. So I what I'm hoping now is that, you know, that people will take note of this and that maybe the whole idea of teaching philosophy and making it part of a curriculum for, for kids would become the norm and not, and not the exception.
0: I really hope you're right about that because I would love to see that explored yeah. everywhere in the world. Because I think one of the things that we're so fundamentally lacking is that appreciation of different points of view divergent thinking that's so essential to who we are as human beings yeah and i love that your film explores that so beautifully
1: yeah no it is I and mean, yeah. it's just teaching kids to respect the other child's opinion you know that there isn't just one right answer and and and, and if you get that at a young age then you know that's just a great start like isn't it yes. like yeah and also to know that somebody will listen to your opinion and your idea and your vision because that's what i noticed the most about these kids these kids were so confident and so articulate and so able to express what they were feeling and that was all because in this school the teachers listened to the kids and gave them that space you know
0: and it's not only listening, but also listening in an open way where there's space for the kids to question authority, where there's space for the adults not to feel threatened. So often you see that dynamic play out. I want to thank you so much for this wonderful film, and I wish you great luck at Docs NYC. Thank you. I hope to be able to talk to you further later.
1: Oh, great. Thanks a million, Ariel. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now, and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.